0: G'day and welcome to My Favourite Album. I'm journalist and filmmaker Jeremy Dillon and each episode I'll be talking to a different guest about an album they love and how it's influenced and inspired them. My guest today looks impressively healthy for someone who hasn't had time to sleep since about the Reagan administration. His career has been defined by a hunger for what's next. You might find him in Australia writing a Eurovision song while prepping to record his next solo album in L.A., then heading straight from those sessions to hitting the road with his longtime guitar duelist John Mayer, then wrapping up producing a record for Guy Sebastian just in time to hit the road for a new run of solo dates taking his impressively melodic, eclectic songs to a fan base that continues to grow around the globe. David Ryan Harris, welcome to my favorite album.
1: That was a fantastic intro. You should be out of breath. Thank you. <laughs> so, David, what is your favorite album? My favorite album is a record by Sly and the Family Stone called There's a Riot Going On.
0: Somebody that just loves to learn and I, Another child grows up to be Somebody you just love to burn So this album came out in 1971 and if I'm doing my math properly, which I'm probably not, you would have been about five? I was
1: three. Three, okay. I three. Yeah. So I'm assuming that's not when you first heard the record. I didn't hear it until really kind of late in my career like i think i was i had i was in a band and had been playing shows and uh i knew a couple songs from the record but i didn't know the record in its entirety because sly has a few like greatest hits things so the songs that i knew uh i knew from those greatest hits records right um so i think i was probably 21 or 22 when i finally heard this record well it's interesting that if you came
0: in it that way because this is kind of the there's kind of two versions of sign the family stone that's kind of before this record and this record on exactly and I feel like this is the album period like this and fresh and just like going forward for yes, this album yes
1: definitely also it's just seeing how this song fit in the context of a record as opposed to a single because uh, the song in question was Family Affair like that was a you know a hit at radio but I only knew it from being on the radio not in the context of this uh, this really dark kind of funky record it has a completely different cue to it in the context of this album
0: how did you think about the song in the context of the just hearing it as one of the Slime the Family Stone hits and then how did that change once you started listening to the record?
1: As a just a Sly and the Family Stone song on the radio, family affairs seemed like almost like a celebratory thing, almost like, you know, We Are Family by Sister Sledge or something. But then in the context of this record, the darkness in his voice just sort of hints at like the darkness that is sort of familial, you know, relations and how, you know, families fall apart and they uh, so you sort of push and pull and there's like this, you know, sort of underbelly to it. It just has a lot more weight in the context of there's a riot going on. And it's, I feel like that entire song is kind of,
0: there's a dichotomy going on. So right? it's like, you can't leave because your heart is there, but you can't stay because you've been somewhere else. You can't cry because you look broke down, but you're crying anyway because you're all broke down. Right. And it feels like it's almost like the inverse of the different strokes for different folks, line, and everyday people.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, it's just sort of like you... It's all so literal. The, the poetry is in the simplicity, you know, because you, you know, sometimes you do want to leave, but you, you can't. You know, you want to cry, but you can't, but you cry anyway. You know, like, it's, uh, it's so simple. So simple, but it just has so much weight.
0: When you started listening to this record, when you started listening to There's a Riot going on, did you know much of the sort of legend around the making of the record, like all the cocaine-fueled late-night sessions and all that stuff?
1: I knew very little. My my initial love for the record was because it just sounded so terrible, like I never heard any, (laughs) I never heard a, a record released by artists of his stature that just sonically sounded so funky and hissy and broken and almost like it could have been done on a four track and there were elements of it that I've always been a huge Prince fan so there are elements on that record that I was like oh wow I hear Prince in this thing so it was it was like finding fossils you know like right yeah and then I just I had no I had no point of reference for for anything that sounded the way this record sounds and so then I was like well why does this record sound so different from everything prior and really kind of everything after and then I got into you know all of the, the cocaine and the people you know um, them going over the tape so many times that you know the tape was kind of falling apart and it sounds like it sounds like it, you know, it sounds like the tape is falling apart
0: it's funny. It really is an artifact of the analog recording era.
1: Absolutely. In that
0: way, because you can only get that sound from literally just like recording over and physically over and over. again. Exactly.
1: There's no, yeah. There's no other way to get that sound. Yeah.
0: And what about the drum machines on it? Because I feel like that's a massive part of the sound.
1: Apparently, this record was one of the first records to um, use drum machines the way that um, that Sly did. So, you know, sort of the the, the going back to the Prince thing. You know, obviously Prince's stuff was all kind of done on a Lindrum. drum. One, two, one, two, three, huh. He used that, that drum machine exclusively for, you know, four or five records. But you never get the sense that it's the same sound. Like, it's, it's treated in a way that you, you feel like, each song is kind of different from song to song so to hear that same thing done on the sly record with these you know like ham and organ and rhythm ace drum loops that i'd heard on an organ you know before like in a you know store in the mall or whatever i was like oh i've heard those you know corny beats or whatever so that was it was just really refreshing so was there a bit of like oh this is where all that came
0: from absolutely stuff like absolutely. Prince records
1: absolutely I mean I, I don't really hear it so much now, but the first time I heard the record, I was like this this is so Prince like Prince stole everything from this thing. I don't really hear it that way now, but the first time I heard it that I definitely I definitely felt that way. I remember I was dating this girl. I went to this um, this record store in Atlanta called um, Wax and Facts, where I would just go just go through the record bin and just buy stuff based on what the cover looked like or the guys there knew the kind of stuff that I was into and I saw this record and I loved the cover and so I got back home to my um, my apartment that I was sharing with my girlfriend and she kind of wanted to hang out and I literally I was like I can't I can't talk to you right now and I listened to that record from when I got home it was probably 4 o'clock I think I listened to that record over and over until midnight just, just wow. turning it over and over I, just, I it blew my mind I feel like it is the kind of record you do that
0: with. It's not a kind of record where you think, "Oh, this could be a greatest hits." It's like a bunch of singles. Right. It really is like a cohesive thing that. It's n- a statement. Yeah. Yeah. And it, there's a real impact that it has when you listen to the whole thing in one go.
1: Right. And you, you know, think about just my first listen. I just listened to it for what it was. I didn't know anything about the how the record was made. I didn't really place it in any sort of um, era. I mean, obviously I knew it was from late 60s, early 70s, but then, you know, you put it in into in context, like coming out of the turmoil that was the 60s and just how dark a time that must have been with all of the, you know, sort of civil rights struggle and his band being such an integrated thing and then all those assassinations. Like, it really, it's, it is the fabric of that time. Well,
0: it's funny, like, to think about that, because it's only... Two years on from the previous Sign the Family Stone record. And right. that era of the band is very like it's a real summer of love. Jouilant. We're all together. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Celebratory. Yeah. Very
1: celebratory and, and, and happy. And actually my my top three songs of all time is Hot Fun in the Summertime. Right. Uh, which, you know, is the antithesis of what there's a riot going on is.
0: Well, he recuts at the end of this record, he recuts a new version of a song that had been a hit a few years earlier. Right. Thank you for letting me be myself again. Right. But does it in a completely Completely different... Completely
1: dark and uh, it's very moving and very funky and very slow and it's murky and there are elements of the mix that you can tell. They were literally... The the actual mix was a performance. The guitar parts that kind of... they sort of crest and then they fall off and you know there's no way that uh, Freddie could have played the guitar that way like it was it was all in the mixing of it and it just it's just murky and dark and funky and beautiful
0: The times that we're going through at the moment, there's a lot of parallels to absolutely what was being experienced by people in this country in the late 60s, like post 68. Yes, the hangover after the summer of love when things took a dark turn. Do you listen to the record any differently, like this year, or?
1: I mean, I, I listen to it differently in that now I feel a responsibility to um, say something. Um, you know my records as of late are about personal politics you know sort of the politics that take place between the four walls of your your bedroom or you know take place within your house but i feel a responsibility to say something that speaks to sort of a larger context and it's hard to do without sounding preachy or just kind of corny and kumbaya but Sly spoke to the times in a way that was almost um, journalistic. He, uh, he wasn't really offering any solutions, um, but the fabric of it was very much of those times. So I listen to it now and just sort of kick around in my head, what does that sound like for now? How can I, you know, maybe take elements of that and that sort of murky sound and maybe I don't have to present answers but I could just present kind of how I feel about the world that we live in now. I feel like part of the reason why this record is something
0: that keeps being sort of brought up again and reapplied to new eras of tumult that keep coming up is because it's kind of what you're talking about he he never gets preachy on it so musically it's embodying Dark times with lots of volatility in them, but it's not—it's not Ohio by Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and right. young. It's nothing right. as—or it's not even Stand,
1: well. his own song. You know, the next record, Stand, is—you know—that's a more positive, uh, you know, sort of a end to a mean sort of thing. He's not on. There's a ride going on. He's not calling anybody to action. He's not even calling himself to action. So it's intensely personal in a way that I think is. Really difficult to get to, but you know really, really cool and and rewarding. Well, I wanted to talk about the influence that this record has had on
0: your music, and I'll just ask you to speak to this more broadly, but there was a, a song that I was thinking of when I was heading over here on your previous record called "Junkie that feels to me like there might be a bit uh, probably a bit of prince but also a bit of sign the family Stone Oh, definitely,
1: it? definitely. I mean in a lot of ways the two those two are um, are interchangeable. I mean, I just love the interplay on the Sly records. It's like everybody was kind of doing their own thing and not really reacting to the other musicians. But all put together, it's just this amazing sort of uh, polyrhythmic, polytonal, just kind of funky stew. And so on Junkie in particular, with the, um, it sounds like a clav, but it's actually um, four guitar parts. All kind of right. doing their own thing, and then you put them all together, and it sounds like this, okay. this clap thing. Um, and the horns on it at the end are definitely a nod to Sly. That's definitely the, the closest thing that I have that sort of um, outwardly shows my indebtedness to that record.
0: Right. And has there been any like lyrical influence, or is it mainly been a, like a musical and like I mean, production influence?
1: I would put Sly in. And sort of the same category with, with Bill Withers, who they're both huge influences in that um, it's all clever, but it's all sort of plain speak. There are no like super crazy metaphors that are three subjects removed from what they're talking about. Yeah. And I love, um, I mean, I love that too. Um, but the poetry was in its simplicity. Um, and I like that anybody I mean just I I can't even I can't imagine saying thank you for letting me be myself again just like now we take it for granted because it is already a thing but to have that be the chorus of a song it's like it's completely simple and it's about a very um a very present emotion I guess that doesn't take place over you know the course of a you know a, a week or whatever it's like in this moment thank yeah. you for letting me be who i am um so I, there is a bit of that that i try to try to use in my music just speaking plain language Chasing all the stations on the dial. Just this once you let me drive. And even though you're not a fan, it's surprising. You played along and closed your eyes. You lit up my car the way you smiled, holding tickets to cold play.
0: There's a song on your new record called Cold Play. Mm hmm. And, like, it's a, sort of a, it's a story song about, like, a, a couple that sort of they meet at a Coldplay gig. And what, I was wondering if, like, what those Sly and the Family Stone, if you're going to write a song called Sly and the Family Stone, um, what that might be.
1: I mean, it would definitely be lots of voices. It's like the urban version of, like, the band in a way. Like, the band has, you know, everybody's kind of singing at one time. And it's this, uh, all these instruments kind of playing off of each other, um, but done in a really sort of urban environment. So whatever, you know, if I was going to do a, a song that's kind of embodied Sly, it would be, you know, everything everything but the kitchen sink. Horns and girls' voices and obviously lots of bass. And, um, yeah, just, I mean, although this the, there's a ride going on, there's a murky, dark record. I think there would be some element of joy in it because that's also part of Sly's thing. Not particularly on this record, but his thing had an element of of joy. Right. Have you ever
0: covered any of the songs
1: from this record live? Not from that record. I've covered uh, his version. I've done his version of K. Sarasara yeah. from Fresh, but um, I've never... No, it's just perfect. I can't imagine... whatever I hear other bands do, like, it's... Family Affair, uh, I don't like it. And part of what's cool about the record is the sonics. I mean, it's not even necessarily the song. So if you're not going to do that, then why do that?
0: It's quite, It's a bit like Led Zeppelin, isn't it? Sure. Like, there are some Zeppelin songs where it's just, if it's not Bonham and Robert Plant and Jimmy Page and John Paul Jones, it's not really the song. Right.
1: I mean, th- the slide record wouldn't be the same if it was done on pristine tape and done digitally even if it was the exact same songs it wouldn't have the same wouldn't have the same feel so i kind of feel like leave well enough alone i don't think i could try to do any of those songs
0: and put this record on these days like years on from first having heard it what's the experience like of listening to it now and has it changed much for you through the years
1: now it's just sort of a part of my adulthood more often I listen to it more often when I'm with somebody that's never heard it before because you I think you listen to a record through someone else's ears when you hear it with someone else and I always love to see an expression on people's faces that have never heard this record before but for me, I've you know I've digested it. It doesn't you know, it doesn't upset me. You know, I get a sense of comfort from it. You know, it's nice to hear somebody that feels kind of dark, and you go, okay, well, he's kind of he's kind of fucked up in his times too. So it's cool for me to have this uneasiness. And you know, there were very few definitive statements. Like he's like, I'm a poet. You know, he was happy to be uh, somebody. Let him be who he was, and you know, but there. To, to just be sort of uneasy and not know where you are, is actually, it's okay. So I can kind of put it on and be like, all right, it's okay to be in this place and not know where you are and to feel like it's the end of days and you kind of come out the other side.
0: Yeah. Have you had any, what you are just talking about then, like showing the record to other people? Uh, all the time. Are there any like... Times it stick out either because someone really got into it or someone just didn't get it at all.
1: I don't think I've ever played it for somebody that didn't get it. They might not have gotten it as much as I have, but I played it for somebody and then they were like, "Oh, that was pretty intense." I'm gonna go home and listen to it, and then two weeks later, it's like, "Man, that's all I can listen to." Like, you know, the, I've never heard anything that sounds like that record. It, it, uh, it goes across all genres. I think I think everybody can relate to something on that record. Mm.
0: And what do you think if Sly ever like got back to a stage where he could make a full proper record again what do you think he would be doing now
1: I Man I have no idea I mean odds are because I just think you get really close to the sun once and then you just kind of get further away from it. I mean there's no there's nobody from that era that's making like relevant music now so i just think he would probably be making shitty records right now i mean <laughs> i know it sounds inc- it sounds very very sad i just can't imagine because part of it is youth and he's he's not young and hungry and trying to figure out what the world is at at this age i mean yeah i mean it's it's uh incredibly pessimistic of me well, do is that what you see for you?
0: Do you think in twenty five years you won't be hungry and you won't be trying to probably not
1: innovate anymore? I mean, I, I'll, I'll write about my life, and at that point, my life will be my life will be different, you know, and it'll hopefully it'll it'll relate to people that are my age or you know share my sort of views. But chances are, I mean, when I'm sixty, I shouldn't be able to write songs that twenty year olds go, oh, that's my thing. I mean, it's not. That's that's this is great circle of life. It's not for me to I, I don't I don't know what twenty year olds talk about. I don't you know. So I mean, it's kind of sad. I just I think it would be even sadder if I was sixty and seventy trying to make music for twenty year olds. That looks pathetic. And won't necessarily mention my name. Any of the people that are currently right. doing that, right?
0: Right. Uh, David, thanks so
1: much for talking to me today about I'd, your I'd favorite. I love talking album. about this record or talking about records in general. So thanks for having me.
0: Well, look broke down but you anyway cause you broke down it's a family that's it for another episode of my favorite album thanks for listening I've been Jeremy Dillon. you can follow me at mr. Jeremy Dillon. like our Facebook page at facebook.com/ my favorite album subscribe on iTunes and if you dig the show please leave a review. Thanks again for listening and see you next time.